Welcome to the 73rd edition of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am your new Majestic Champion of the World. Took you long enough. Tiger Height with the former champion, Pina Gallery. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he introduced me. But yes, for the first time since October 25th of 2020, this little whatever right here, he finally won a Freaking belt. All right, let's not scream into the mic, Peanut Gallery. I need to keep these you know uh, things on there. Hold on. You know what? I do there what we I, go. I do what I want. All right, there we go. So, I do what I want. No, you're fine. All right, anyway, so let's talk about news. So we're going to do the um, white elephant in the room. We're going to talk about this deal with Peacock and the yeah. network. Now, Peacock. yes, so if you are an international fan you will not be affected by this deal. But if you're in the United States, you will. The WWE Network, as an entity in the United States, is going to be moved to Peacock for five years. Right. And it's a billion-dollar deal. One nice. billion dollars. I think it's like $200 million a year. Yes. It's insane money. Yeah. Now... Um, obviously, this is NBC Universal. There's a lot of ramifications with yes. what this means. That's about how ESPN is no longer going to mention them in yes. anything. ESPN. Because they're butter little bitches. Right. ESPN Sports are no longer going to be covering WWE because of this, and they cover them a lot. CBS is actually thinking about doing the same thing. Right. Um, now, what does this mean for the partners? Now, obviously, this is going to be different because Raw and um, NXT air on USA Network, which is owned by NBC Universal. Right. Obviously, at this point, they could say that Raw and NXT are going to be exclusive to Peacock right. and go off of the network to make room for um, the stuff from uh, NBC Sports. NBC Sports. Uh, now, keep in mind, people, this deal does not start until March. March 21st is going to be the first pay-per-view Fastlane that's going to be airing on Peacock. Right. But the first moment of this deal is going to be March 18th. Ah. Um, there have been some questions that I've seen, and I believe that Dave Meltzer and the people at um, F4W did answer them very well. Yeah. If you have gift cards for the network, use them now. Right. Um, they you cannot use them after March 18th, right? Like at all, right? Uh, so, and also, um, and a um, a thing that you could do on the network that you cannot do on uh, Peacock is pause, rewind live pay per views. Ah, you cannot do that. It's the same thing mm. what they do with soccer. Oh, I see. Um, with Premier League, oh. so it's going to be the same thing. Yeah. Um, you can do it once it's available on replay, and it's going to be available on replay the next day. Oh, okay. So if you're watching a pay-per-view, Fastlane, and moving forward for the next five years, if you live in the United States, you have, you have to, to commit. Yep. Right, you have to commit to the pay-per-view. Right. Um, Peanut Gallery and I never have run into that issue for the most part. I think Not, we did it a couple of times. Maybe, yeah. Right. So but most of that was when we were on replay, anyways. Yes. So it so, didn't really matter. so I think it's like what 
uh, 140,000 hours of content. Yeah. Um, there's going to be, there are going to be some things that are not going to be on the Peacock deal, like some documentaries and whatever. But other than that, it's moving on there. So right. people, if you have gift cards, if you really like the network, um, I would say get Peacock because at that point, then you can get The Office, um, any NBC show you can right. basically get on demand. Right. And guess what? This is going to be commercial free for the same price. Right. If you want commercials, it's five ninety nine. Right. Actually, no, it's four ninety nine. Yes. So it's actually going to be five bucks per month if you right. want to deal with commercials. But if you want commercial free, it's the same thing. But then you also get like a ton of other content. Right. Um, Peanut Gallery, what do you think about this? Like, is this like? Is this big? Do you think this was the right call? Yeah, it was. They've been exploring this for the past like three years. Right. And I mean, what now? What do you think with SmackDown on Fox now? Because well, they're going to write out the SmackDown contract on right. Fox, but I don't think Fox is going to renew. No, that um, was a, that was a guarantee, yeah. and I think I think WWE was planning on them not doing that based on certain results. Remember how last year they were thinking about putting all the pay per views on ESPN Plus? Right. 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 So they've been exploring something like this for a long time. That's correct. Is, I didn't. I didn't think yep. about that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was last year, um, and then the pandemic happened, of course. Right. That was last year, actually, about this time. That's why ESPN Plus is so. That's why ESPN is so pissed. Oh, well, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. you're you're right. You're they're, right. They're losing out on that sweet sweet revenue. Right. That captive audience that now is going over to Peacock. Oh yes. And Peacock is definitely investing in it. And obviously, it's NBC Universal. They have the money. Don't think they don't have the money because they most certainly have the money. Right. And obviously, WWE has a great relationship with NBC. Right. So it wouldn't be a bad idea. Anyway. Let's move on to some other news. Jesus Christ. I had a couple of burps. Because we're only we're almost six minutes in. We've talked I know. about one thing. I know. It's a big one. Come on. Well. Um, yeah. Roderick McMahon III. He is the only sibling of Vince McMahon, and he passed away last Wednesday at age 77. Yes, he woke up dead. Yes. <laughs> so the cause of death is unknown. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, no, this, this, I mean, that's that's somewhat severe. I guess McMahon took it quite hard as well. Yeah, he's been he's been missing in action for a few. Yes. No, that's that's like the reason, too. Half, yeah, least. that's yeah. that's the reason, too, because, Je um, because Rod died. He was really close right. with his brother. So... AW Revolution has moved dates to Sunday, March 7th. Ah. This is the first Sunday pay-per-view for AEW. Ooh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Any reason for that? No. Okay. There is there is no particular reason. I assume to, to what I To what I heard is that they're playing the field. They're seeing what's going to be happening. Right. They're not 100%. Right, so, and then, of course, they have to deal with one particular celebrity schedule whose name is Shaquille O'Neal. Right. Um, obviously, that match has not been confirmed. It's pretty much been confirmed. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Chris Jericho has finally responded to Jim Cornette's extremely harsh criticism of him. Um, Jericho um, donated like $40,000 to the Trump re-election campaign yep. and also talking about his physical physique. Right. I do not like Jim Cornette. I think he really kind of hits below the belt. Oh, yeah. Jim Cornette's kind of an ass. Right. Um, he called him. Um, he denounced their friendship and called Chris Jericho a filthy human being. 
Jericho. Well, Cornette, you've always been a filthy human right. being. Right. So. Um, Jericho basically responded to this. I've been told that Jim Cornette and his sidekick, who is exactly his sidekick, um, continue <laughs> his, to. His continue. sidekick? Are you talking about his left or his right hand? Right. <laughs> no, actually, it's the it's the rape victims from his wife. Oh, okay. So um, they've continued to um, brutally bury me and everything that I do and say. My response to this is, have at it. You're entitled to your opinions, and I'm honored to provide content that helps you pay the bills. Best of luck to both of you. And Jim Cornette was trying his best to come back. I actually listened to it today, but he just sounded like a pissed-off little bitch because he was yeah, just owned. I'm sorry, Jim. I have respect for you as a person and what you've done in the industry. Actually, I don't have respect for you as a person. What you've done in the industry— I don't have respect for you as a person. You're a vindictive little shit, and it's clear that you're just right. butt hurt. Oh yeah, he's Jer a little butt hurt. Right. If Jericho invests himself trying, into this trying company, to, trying now to, uh, hold on to any little bit of relevance that you have in this industry. Right, anymore. and you and you want to do with Jericho because Jericho right. is on a big television show that you don't like. AEW is not for everybody, and Jericho definitely should not be wrestling as he should. His last two episodes with Alliance Alt have been extremely bad, and I'm at least going to admit that. He needs yeah. to change his style a little bit. Yeah. But Jericho is limiting his wrestling acumen. I think he's good for the product. And, and I'm he's, sorry. He's, he's pretty much, he's like halfway on his way out anyways. And I'm, I'm sorry, Jimmy Boo. Hate to tell you here that it's not going to go back to the 70s. Right. Wrestling is a forward motioning product. Maybe we'll do a show on that. Right. Because we've seen company after company try to do this whole, let's go backwards to the only thing. The only company that I've actually seen this kind of work was the NWA. Right. To a point, they did and, the... Oh, boy. If you saw the NWA's roster right now, ooh, they yeah. are butchered to Well, fuck. okay. They, they just haven't done, been doing shows, and right. they let the contracts run out. That's right. whatever. That's a, diff that's a different point. Right. They were doing well. They were getting good numbers, and it felt old, but it still had some nice young flair in right. there, which I really enjoyed. But it's not going to go backwards. It never does. Right. And if people try to do that, then they're fucking insane. Right. Anyway. Let's talk about the superstar spectacle, which we were going to watch. Yeah, but, we um, were, um, but change of plans. We didn't end up watching it, um, but let's talk a little bit about superstar spectacle. Yes, so um, it was received very well. Okay. And it um, by the producers of the show and heads of WWE and the network in India. So it's looking good all the way around. Nice. Um, the plan was to tape over a number of days to give the younger stars a bit of a bit of a safety net right. and reshoots where needed, which they never had to do actually. Right. Um, WWE intended to do the show live in tape, but obviously they did it in pre because they were just scared of the right. new talent but the new talent i guess did very well yeah so i'm very happy about that um maybe we will do something with the superstar spectacle at some time or another but, but I, I feel like this might have been a one-off thing right i'll have to see and now, now, now india if, has not been confirmed as of right, right now now if they do nxc india we'll do the first show on it we knew right. we did the we did the UK one because they already established a championship right. with a tournament. a tournament. Right. Right. And that's why we did that so one. So we might watch the tournament to crown the inaugural. If they do it. Right. This one this one was just a, um, a tester. And right. what I've seen, I'm seeing nothing but good things. Yeah. So very happy about that, by the way. Um, several NXT UK signings have been officially announced. They t 
officially signed Miyuku Satumi, Tony Gill or Tony Cage uh, from England, and then uh, Lucky Kid, or I can not going to even attempt to pronounce that name, I'm sorry, um, and Bailey Matthews. Mm-hmm. Now, Bailey Matthews is very important because he is the son of William Regal. Ah, yes. interesting. Yes, so that's a, that's a fairly big signing, and I think that this is something that NXT UK needs, and they have confirmed yes. that uh, Mi, um, Miyaku is going to be facing Kaylee Ray at some point in time for the Women's yes. Champion. Yes, Yes, thank you. Now, it is reported that one match has been finalized. We don't know, obviously, we don't, I think we may or may not know right now, but right. Roman Reigns will be defending the Universal Champion and it's not Shinsuke Nakamura. Well, yes, we knew that. I am not happy with he, this he decision. He obviously did win the Rumble. Um, and so... Um, well, based, based on who won the Rumble, I think that um, there was still a chance. But I don't know what they're going to do now because right. that was a clear choice. Right. Now, Shinsuke did not have to win the Rumble to get this opportunity. There's Elimination Chamber and Fastlane in between, so... Right, there's there two... There's always that possibility. Absolutely, yeah. They're probably going to do a Chamber to determine that number one contender. Um, Depending because, on what the Rumble winner decides to do. Right, and we'll probably know ahead of time just so they can promote a couple of months ahead of time. Right. But we'll talk about that later. The Disney Channel is going to be doing a series featuring... Blue Demon Jr. playing a version of himself. Yeah, I think you mentioned this last week. Did I? Yeah. Oh, did I mention that he's actually thinking about running for mayor of Mexico City? No. Yes. So he's thinking about doing that, but... Gesundheit. The big caveat is he wants to do this without revealing his face. Ah, interesting. How unbelievable would that be? That this would be <laughs> this would be this would be the full full masked politician. In the history of the world. Nice. Like, I well, number one, he's still talking about it. He has officially done the regulations. He's done the promotion for, um, I think it's Blue, I think it's Demon for Mayor. And it's like, this is Blue Demon Jr. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually was elected. Right. So, um. Kind of like another masked wrestler that we all know and love. Absolutely. Anyway. Who also showed up tonight. Yes. (laughs) We will talk about that. Um, WWE has filed a lawsuit against the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services. Hooray. This was put in on Tuesday, um, January 26th, and obviously their, um, their, uh, the Immigration Authority has filed the documents on behalf of WWE for yeah. the lawsuit. The nature of the lawsuit is currently sealing to the, um, sealed to the public. Uh-huh. But speculation is that WWE is not able to get the talent or employees into the United States that they want because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and obviously they want certain people in the whatever. Now, right. um, obviously this is um, the – they have not filed any kind of thing. They have 60 days to respond to right. the lawsuit filed. Um, the United States Immigration Services have 60 days to do this. So records indicate that amending uh, that um, amended pleading, there we go, pleading must be filed on March 27th um, with discovery completed by January 8th. So this is a very rudimentary system right now. 
Um, obviously, we're not going to know, but we'll we'll keep up with it. It's yeah. still a fairly big lawsuit by WWE to go after the United States Citizenship and Immigration Services. Right. Um, and then well, I, I do want to talk about this a little bit more. I know this is going to be a really long news. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> um, officials, right? Officials from 2K were at the Royal Rumble doing voice act voiceovers. Oh, really? And roster um, possible roster confirmation for their next game tonight. Nice. They were there. They did voiceover work for wrestlers. What does this mean? Obviously, we're going to have a game, but when is this going to be released? Do you, do you think... No, no, hold on. I want to talk about this a little bit. Okay. So, remember that... Remember that effect that was there tonight? Right. Also, you, also, no, wait, no. wait. Do you remember um, that there was a... There was so... Yeah, no, gonna, I was, was going to say this. Um, they were expected to be scanned for future installations for the next edition of the series. So, they were virtually scanned tonight. But do you think that the way the background was had a little bit to do with that? Oh, maybe we'll we'll talk about that yeah, here like in that a minute. Yeah, that blurry background. Do you think right. maybe had a little bit to do with that? There is a possibility. There really is because yeah. then they would have enough of a roster to where they can get some things right. as they're coming out. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk about that later. But anyway, NJPW has finally announced the date of the match. John Moxley will defend the United States Heavyweight Champion against Kenta on February 26th at New Beginning USA 2021. Nice. We don't know the rest of the card, but that is the match. So, so AEW is going to let John Moxley defend the title on U.S. soil. Yes. Good. This is going to be on U.S. soil because obviously it's a new beginning in the United States. They're thinking and about doing the majority of the card with... Um, New Japan Strong Guys, which yeah. I think would be great for the product. Um, so, but yeah, that's going to be the main event, pretty nice. much. Thank God. Anyway, um, we we I, I swear to God, we talk about this every other goddamn week. But once again, another wrestler and their significant other are being harassed by an individual. Oh boy, who is it now? It is Alexa Bliss and her fiance. Oh, I heard about this one. Yes. So, um, the what fan a douchebag. So this fan has been tweeting that. Um, they are currently married, and it was and they were married under duress. So Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera yeah. are not only married right now, which they're not, but Alexa Bliss was forced to marry him. I, I don't think that's the case. I yes. Mean... Oh, can you um can you uh yes. turn her off, please? Hold go on. go go go. Sorry, our Alexa is going off. Because we keep saying her name. Also, can you mute her? Thank you. Sorry, folks. Um, hold on. We're <laughs> Is it good? All right. Thank you. Anyway. Thank you. Anyway. So, um, Alexa Bliss... So the this individual said, I'll be honest with you, okay? I've shown you pictures of his wife and they're looking on being lying to you. Oh yes, you are for you forced her to marry you by threatening her and her family. You're the bad guy. I'm the good guy who will do anything for right, Lexi. Thank you. Who do will anything for Lexi because I put her first. 
only you put yourself first. Now, unfortunately, Alexa responded because obviously this has been ongoing. Sir, once again, for the one millionth time, you do not know me. I do not know you. We have never spoken and we have never met. Stop making multiple accounts every time that I block you and stop harassing my fiance. I really don't know how many more times I can say this. Please move on. I have two things to say to this. This guy is an asshole. He's he's clearly a stalker. He's also an incel, probably. Exactly. Um, Who obviously is infatuated with Alexa Bliss. I believe that Alexa Bliss was incorrect about responding to this person. Oh, yeah. She should have gotten a lawyer. Yes. Alexa, like, I do not know you, and I do not know your fiancé, but once again, as a public figure who does not know the reach of these people, but I've even experienced this. It happens. When you're a public figure, it's an expectation. You ignore them, you block them, you move on. Unless they come after you like they did with Sonya... What else can you do? Right. They're going to continue to make accounts. They're going to continue to do this. Right. You have perpetuated it by responding. Right. I understand your frustration. I really, really do. But I feel like now it's going to get a million times worse. Oh, yeah. It's just going to get worse. It's just going to get absolutely worse based uh. on this. People... I'm going to like I, I'm gonna continue to say this until people get it through their thick skulls. Do not harass n- anywhere these people. Don't They're public. Don't harass anybody. Don't right. harass any public figures. Right. Do not harass any public figures whatsoever on social media. I understand. You know, this was on Twitter, by the way. Twitter is a very person-to-person platform. It's very hard right. for somebody else to run your Twitter, which is why people go after them. Right. Which is why, you know, Donald Trump had a very different um, Twitter than his Instagram and Facebook. Right. Please. There is a, it's, it's a double-edged sword here in a way. People, you, it's a fine to be infatuated with somebody, but don't be this. Don't do this. Right. When they block you, kind of look at yourself and say, hey, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I don't have proof of this. Let me stop. Right. But, but people for, don't know. Right. But for Lexi, for her fiance, and for every other public figure, responding to these people is only going to make it worse for right. you. And this is something like it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating wow. on both ends. I don't want people harassed, and I don't want people harassing people. But when people do stuff like this, when you respond to them and when you continue, it just goes. It this just is goes. this is the internet. Right. This is something that we have to experience. You're anonymous. You can do this. It's not hard. Right. These are free accounts. Right. That's all I have to say, Peanut Gallery. Do you have anything to add? Nope, because I think you said a little too much. Anyways, when we get back, we're going to talk about the Maharaja. Yes. We are back, Peanut Gallery. We're talking about the modern-day Maharaja. Yes. And like with... The wrestling god, what is a Maharaja? Why did Jinder Mahal call himself this? Context. Okay, so I found it really funny that he called himself the modern day, and I really found it funny that he called himself Maharaja. Let me explain. 
A Maharaja is a Sanskrit title for a great ruler or a great king or a high king. A few ruled mighty states informally called empires, including the ruler Maharaja Sri Gupta, founder of the ancient Indian Gupta Empire, and Chandragupta Maruya. Now, the problem is, is here's the first thing, is that title inflation soon led to most being either mediocre or even petty in real power, which led to compound titles being used in an attempt to distinguish some among their ranks. Another, good, another funny thing is that the title of Maharaja was not as common before the gradual British colonization of India. Upon and after which many Rajas, otherwise styled Hindu rulers, were elevated to Maharajas, regardless of the fact that scores of these new Maharajas ruled small states. Sometimes, for some reason, unrelated to the eminence of the state, for example, support of the British in Afghanistan, World War I, or World War II, two Rajas who became Maharajas, in the 20th century were the Maharaja of Cochin and Maharaja Jagajit Shinj of Kapurthala. Very small and insignificant states. So essentially, Maharaja is not ancient. It's a So calling himself modern-day Maharaja is kind of an... It's a double entendre almost. Right. It's like, but Maharaja wasn't even a thing until after the British colonized you. Right, and this, and was, then, in, this was in the fucking 40s. Right. So, anyways, we're going to go to the very interesting reign of Jinder Mahal. Now, uh, hold on here. Peanut Peanut Gallery is having an issue with trying to figure out why he called himself this. Yes. So Obviously, that is context of what a Maharaja is. Yes. So, it is very interesting. So, here's what happened. Sometime in the early 2010s, WWE changed their entire promotional strategy in a major way. The days of Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin, The Rock, and John Cena were over. No longer would the company focus their promotional machine around creating megastars, which transcended power to become bigger than WWE itself into the wider pop culture. Instead, the focus would be all around the brand. The overarching WWE brand, which wrestlers are interchangeable cogs in a larger machine. With this new philosophy, WWE wouldn't ever have to worry about losing big money if their chosen franchise player failed or left for greener pastures. Instead, no one star could ever become bigger than what the company allowed, and any mm. could be replaced at any time. And is the case as we look at today with the perfect example of that interchangeability on display. Today, we look at one of the most surprising creative and, pro- and promotional decisions in modern WWE history. It's one that, from a logical and creative standpoint, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Right. But from a financial perspective, was supposed to be guaranteed money maker, but managed to fail at doing that as well. It was one of the most out-of-left-field decisions in SmackDown history. Jinder Mahal's WWE Championship run in 2017. The decision was one of the dumbest decisions in modern WWE history. <laughs> it was done without any sense of forethought other than the desire for the stockholders to cash in on a supposedly lucrative fan market in India. And the decision to push someone that looked like an Indian instead of someone that the Indian people actually liked ended up costing the WWE a lot of money while also harming other wrestlers' careers in the process. Oh... 
As you can imagine, the story of the most out-of-left-field WWE champion begins with the most out-of-left superstar in WWE history, Enzo Amore. Now, Enzo Amore had all of the powers that most WWE wrestlers could only dream of. Trash-talking everyone in creative ways, uh, being good in the ring... But he had, every, he had all the reign in the world to do whatever he wanted on microphone. And one of his targets was Jinder Mahal. And in his promo on Mahal, Enzo made lightning quick quips about Mahal's veiny new physique and how it made his body look like a roadmap. And it wasn't just the few extra pounds of muscle that Mahal gained. He looked completely different than he was before. He was jacked. And by jacked, I mean he spent months lifting cars while enjoying a diet composed of Ultimate Warrior's abs. <laughs> okay. That was interestingly uh, sentenced. <laughs> that remark by Enzo started a chain of events that would eventually lead Mahal to unexpected success. Though a few of us here, if any... No Vince McMahon on a personal level. There have been Thank plenty God. of people that we have worked with that have shared anecdotes about the most hermit-like Vince and what his likes and dislikes are. Okay. And one of the biggest likes is muscular physiques. This is an mm. asset that he saw in the hall and decided it was good enough to give the Nan's career a revisit. And so Mahal was drafted to SmackDown after WrestleMania 33, and the show had many top-level stars on the draft. Um, to widen the field of title, challengers battle royale was held to crown new number one contender. It was then composed of Ziggler and five other wrestlers that had never been seen in contention for a top title before. Harper, Rowan, Raleigh, Sami Zayn, and Jinder Mahal. Well, guess who won that one? Jinder Mahal defeated Randy Orton to become the WWE champion at WWE Backlash in 2017. And... Mahal didn't end up being a transitional champion either. He held the title for six months in main events in multiple high-profile shows. The first reaction that came out of fans at ringside when Jinder Mahal was crowned the new WWE champion was laughter. They were laughing at the absurdity of what they just witnessed. Instead of being shocked as WWE had hoped that they and others would be. By becoming the WWE champion, Mahal turned into the modern-day Maharaja and had his own entourage in the form of the Singh brothers. These two became crucial to Mahal's title run because they became staples of his title defenses. More often than not, they would interfere in some way in Mahal's matches long enough for Mahal to capitalize and score a cheap win. This went on for months and led Mahal scoring high-profile wins under over Orton and then Another SmackDown debutant, Shinsuke Nakamura. Maul's arrival with the latter was considered a disappointment, not only due to bad matches, but also because several promos were, at best, insulting and, at worst, downright racist. But despite all of the uh, criticism and jeering Mahal got, the WWE continued with the project anyway. Why? Because Mahal's push was meant to help WWE's brand grow in the Indian market. They wanted to capitalize on the growing fan market, and someone decided the local Indian fans would be more willing to shell out money for WWE and their products with a top star that was Indian, or at least looked like and pretended to be one. Ironically, Mahal's actually Canadian that grew up in Calgary. And he was actually congratulated by the Legislative Assembly of Alberta. <clears throat> the goal of Mahal was to increase fan interest in India and thus increase revenue from a tour 
there that was meant to take place in September of that year. They also hoped his run would increase WWE Network subscriptions in India. In a hilariously ironic twist, all WWE events, including pay-per-views, aired for free across all of India, rendering network subscriptions completely moot. By the time SummerSlam 2017 ended and Mahal still WWE champion, their plans for a successful tour in India had never materialized. The actual tour, which was supposed to take place in September, had not even yet been announced and then was postponed until December. But between those two dates was Survivor Series and the marquee match was champion versus champion match between Brock Lesnar and Jinder Mahal. Brock, being smarter than most people, give him credit for recognize that no one wanted to see him face Mahal since Mahal was nowhere near credible enough to face him. Thus, WWE made a quick decision to have Mahal lose AJ Styles before that pay-per-view on the November 7th edition of SmackDown to many people. Then that ended up saving the Survivor Series show as Lesnar versus Styles ended up being actually a good match. As for Mahal, he still went to the India show. The tour ended up being reduced to a solitary show with poor ticket sales. I mean, who would have thought, right? But without his championship, without a rematch for it, he faced Triple H instead, and in front of people he was supposed to represent as champion, got pedigreed and lost. There is a term used in professional wrestling called a paper champion. It applies in the case because it has dual meaning. First, it suggests... That an idea, in this case, Mahal is WWE champion, is a good idea on paper, but not in practice. Second, it suggests that the person in question is so weak and lacking credibility that they're weak as paper. Both apply fully in this case, and here's why. At first, some people actually liked the idea of Mahal as WWE champion. I liked it myself. He wasn't an obvious choice for the brand centerpiece, and some people had grown tired of seeing the same indie guys show up in NXT and elsewhere. Those people want to see a true homegrown WWE guy become champion, and Mahal was their guy, but the novelty of his status as the best wrestler of the roster wore thin very fast. As a wrestler, Mahal wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible either. He was just average. Nothing he did was truly unique or eye-catching. He wrestled a very average style, and nothing really jumped out of his viewers in a very special way. Even his finisher had used almost a decade earlier, looked like the lightest impact move anyone could take because that, uh, that was a Cobra Crush slam that Ted DiBiase Jr. had used. But the issue pales in comparison to Mahal's biggest problem, his complete and utter lack of credibility. Prior to his main event push, Mahal was a lower card guy through and through, of course, being part of the comedy trio 3MB. After being... Released in 2014, he returned in 2016 and was thrust back into the lower card. Basically, he claimed to have found inner peace and wanted to spread that to others. Why he decided to bring peace to an industry driven by an interpersonal war is beyond me. And even during both of those runs, his win-loss record was more lopsided than anyone's. Prior to 2017, Mahal had never wrestled for any title, never won a match on pay-per-view, never garnered any major wins against anyone remotely credible. During his first run, he lost three matches in a row in one show. The longest of those matches was four minutes long, and if that wasn't enough, one of his career statistics includes a loss to Brooklyn Brawler, most famous jobber in WWE history. Now, all this could have been salvaged had, uh, if WWE given the main event push some time to develop from the moment he debuted on SmackDown uh, to his WWE title when he didn't really convince anyone he was credible. In fact, when he became number one contender, Randy Orton came out to cut a promo, but his target wasn't Mahal. Man who'd be challenging for the coveted title is Bray Wyatt, a wrestler on a completely different show. Orton himself didn't care one bit about Mahal's contender. 
And yet, WWE still ahead, still went ahead with Mahal's or Chosen, Chosen Cog to play the role of WWE champion. And he beat Orton to become the modern-day Maharaja. Mahal never cut a promo explaining what the term actually means, but we've kind of gone over that. But not even that provided an explanation. Instead, viewers were treated to this nugget of wisdom from JBL, who was commentator at the time, and by, seen by many as, uh, as uh, Vince McMahon's direct mouthpiece. That's about as close to a complete non-answer as one can get. India, one of the most culturally and linguistically and religiously diverse countries on the planet, and yet somehow Mahal was meant to represent all of them, and everyone living there sound like a stretch, but once again, no explanation was provided. Ironically, JBL is actually a great case study to compare with Mahal. In 2004, the Bradshaw character transformed JBL overnight. The former wild barroom brawler that seemed like a mid-carter for life transformed into a rich, snooty businessman, completely with a stretch limo and enough money to buy his own cabinet. And that man became WWE champion and held it for the longest period in SmackDown history until Styles, ironically, broke that record 20, uh, 12 years later. JBL was a guy who was thrust in the main event scene seemingly overnight, and people were expected to take him seriously as a main eventer. But unlike Mahal, JBL told everyone what he'd become, what he represented, what he was going to do. Right. What? Sorry. No, as I said, I said right. No, the yeah. comparison's like, sorry. Easy. Uh, yeah, and his run was way more successful than it had any right to be. Sure, matches were underwhelming, to say the least, but the promo and character was fantastic. He was marvelous at getting people to hate him and made anyone look like a hero when challenging him, which we had discussed last week. Mahal's problems were exacerbated by just how badly his matches were booked. He never won a big match on his own. The Singh brothers interfered on every single occasion. I understand that was meant to annoy the fans the same way that J&J Security did in Rollins' matches, but the difference between them is that Rollins was also an impeccable wrestler in his own right and could stand on his own two feet. Mahal was represented in a way when he required help from these two men. Right. And the reason... the. And the reason that it was so bad was because Mahal, it, it just looked like he didn't have, like, two feet to stand on. He always relied on others. And it was made even worse when he was put in special stipulation matches like the Punjabi prison, when he relied on not only the Singh brothers, but also the great fucking Kali to win the match for him. And, I mean, that's kind of what's been going on. And, and WWE tried to justify pushing Mahal by saying his push was enabling them just to get a potentially lucrative market in India, but WWE pulled an old card. That just doesn't work. He tried to pander to a specific ethnicity nationality by pushing someone that looked like them. That was WWE's mentality. And guess, and guess what? It didn't work in India, too. Right. That's why they took the belt off of him, because it even in the country right. that they wanted to push right. it didn't work there and i mean you look at the because comments. he was a heel right <laughs> and, and you look at the comments and almost any wwe related video on youtube is all negative right they they were just as pissed off about jinder mahal as anybody else was right and it's not jinder mahal's fault he really improved and i thought he was a decent wrestler i didn't right. think he was all that bad he was just there right and you know if if he went for the title now i may or may not be as pissed off right. because i could tell that he really worked hard to be right. in that position but it was really more of a booking problem than a right. um than, than an actual gender mahal right. problem and here's what i want to end with 
is the saddest part through all this is how much of a missed opportunity this was. WWE had a golden opportunity to create one of the best rags to riches storyline in years, if not decades. Maul spent years losing everyone under the sun, sometimes to an embarrassing degree, yet Vince pulled the trigger on him and wanted to become WWE champion. With a little bit of patience and better wrestling, they could have had the perfect story of Mahal overcoming his past struggles to reach the top of the company. It could have been an inspirational story in the same vein as Kofi Kingston unexpected rise to the top, and it would have worked because WWE had plenty of material to show how low Mahal had gone, how far he had come. But instead, they turned him into just another bland, foreign character who just relied on cheating and everything else to get away with the win. Your same cookie cutter and shit as every foreign manufactured heel. Manufactured promos, zero credibility. And how are the people in A supposed to react to that man one way or the other? Right. Well, they had never actually been there prior to this run. So it was it was probably one of the most short sighted decisions in WWE creative history. Oh yeah, I could see that. But you know, when when you like I said, when you're comparing JBL to Jinder Mahal, JBL was just miles above. Oh yeah. Just because of his promo work. Now, the circumstances were exactly the same. Here you have two guys who are, like, one day they're mid-carters, and then the next day they're main eventers. Right. But JBL had a purpose. Right. Whereas... And also, and, also, and also JBL was like a financial wizard outside of wrestling. But they could have, but it could have worked for Jinder Mahal had he been given the right character to push. Right. But they give him the modern day Maharaja, which is chicken shit heel right. to and, work with. And that's that's not a Maharaja. No. I mean Well, no. actually it kind of is. It's actually really ironic. Because they would just because uh, Maharajas in India would give themselves the title of Maharaja. Maharaja. They're, they're like, I think I... It, even, was, it was just an ego-stroking like... Right. I even looked at it, yeah. and I think right now in India, there are like six different people who claim to be the true Maharaja. But there isn't. Right. That title was never a thing until the British came in. Right, in the, and, in and the people, 40s. And, and people would just claim to be this here's my title right i'm the maharaja it's so, it's it's, so it's, it's he, essentially it's essentially like a cult leader saying that they're second incarnation of christ right. it's literally the same thing right. so is jenner mahal modern day maharaja yes he is but not in a good way right <laughs> anyway so when we so when we come back we're going to talk about the wrestling lesson of the royal rumble yeah. on stuff that you may or may not even know right yay
And we are back. So with Peanut Gallery's long thing, let's do my long thing. Let's talk about the Royal Rumble. The creation of this match basically was pitched to Mr. McMahon by Pat Patterson saying, "I we want to do a big battle royal. That was literally what it was. Mm -hmm. Mr. McMahon did not like the idea. So that is why when the first one happened, not only did Hacksaw Jim Duggan win because Hacksaw was a very popular star at the time, mm -hmm. but not in main event caliber, but it was only a 20-man, and it was essentially for nothing. What happened and that nobody thought was all the papers were writing how great this idea was because not everybody started in there at the same time. Right. Everybody came out, and they're like, it drags out the match nicely. There's a good pacing. There's a little bit of everything in here. Right. But also, that Royal Rumble became one of the most sought-after tapes among tape collectors, which Mr. McMahon was really looking at because that's how right. the word spread at the time back in the in the late 80s. Right. So, to date, no winner has ever come from the numbers 4, 6, 7, 9, 11, 12, 15, 20, 21, or 26. Didn't, wait, wasn't one of the winners tonight number 15? Was that number fit? No, that was no. Bianca Belair was number three. She was number three. Right. Never mind. Yeah. And Edge was number one. Right? Yes. So net yeah, nobody nobody has won we those. Were, we were close. Right. Now there have been some that were close as the runner ups of the Rumble were one of these numbers eight times nice. over the course since 1993. The winner of the Royal Rumble has earned themselves a title shot at the WrestleMania pay per view. Which what was unique about the 2020, though, was that it was the first time in history that each Rumble match was able to choose for the NXT brand. Uh. No other At no other time was the NXT brand in any kind of contention up until the 2020 Royal Rumble. And because, it's likely not going to happen this time. No, probably not. Uh, Steve Austin obviously holds the record for the most victories at three. We almost saw... The second person to win three Royal Rumbles in Randy Orton. Yeah. But obviously did not win. Six people have, well, now seven people have won at num uh, two Royal Rumbles. Mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Batista, Triple H, Randy Orton, and now Edge. Did Edge win another one? Yes, he did. He won when he returned in 2013. Oh, okay. He faced Jericho at WrestleMania 26. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he won the Royal Rumble. And that was when he returned from his um, really bad knee injury. Right. Right. Number 27 is the luckiest number with the most winners at four. Um, and then also 24, 28, and 30 are close at three apiece. Ah. So, yeah. Batista is the only person to win the Royal Rumble at the same spot huh. at number 28. Huh. Um, 2007 and 2008 were the only time that the same number one in succession at number 30. Huh. When adjusted for inflation, Hacksaw Jim Duggan's thir number 13 win out of two 20 wrestlers instead of 30 became equivalent to 19 number 19.5 rounded up to number 20. So he would have come in at number 20 to win a 30 man because he came in number 13 to win a 20. Ah. Yes. At today's standards. When, adjust, when adjusted to deflation, on the contrary, Alberto Del Rio's number 30 
eight win out of 40 wrestlers in the Royal Rumble translated to 28.5, rounded up to number 29 in normal standards. Um, when adjusted for deflation again, because we're ca- we're going to be counting the greatest Royal Rumble, right. Braun Strowman's number 41 win out of 50 would have translated to 24.6, which is, which is rounded up at 25 by normal standards. Hmm. If you factor in all current Royal Rumble winners, the average winning entry is 19.989 adjusted and 20.5 normal, making the most likely winning person at number 20. Uh-huh. The most eliminations... Out of all Royal Rumbles are to this order. Kane at number 44, 43, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Undertaker at 40. Shawn Michaels at number 40, 49, we'll talk about it. Stone Cold at 36, Big Show at 32, Roman Reigns at 32, Triple H at 32, Braun Strowman at 30, Hulk Hogan at 27, Randy Orton at 27, John Cena at 25, Brock Lesnar at 24, and Edge at 20. WWE does not recognize Kane's first elimination in his first Royal Rumble because he was Isaac Yankum in the 1996 Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. And then WWE only recognizes 39 out of Shawn Michaels' eliminations. There's no reason given for that. He has 40. Hmm. The women's for the most eliminations. Obviously, this is not including tonight's. None of this is including tonight's. But I don't think tonight there were any records broken. No, um, other than Charlotte. Charlotte Flair has the most eliminations in Women's Royal Rumbles at nine before this show. Right. Bianca Blair at eight. Obviously, that changed. Shayna Baszler at eight. Nia Jax at seven. Alexa Bliss at five. Uh, Michelle McCool at five. Natalia at five. And Ruby Riot at five. Huh. The most eliminations in a single match. So with Brock Lesnar, there's actually another caveat. Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar have the most eliminations in a single match Brock, at 13. But uh, Brock Lesnar was in a traditional, whereas Braun Strowman's was in the yes. greatest. Yes, but Brock Lesnar now holds the record for the most consecutive eliminations, I think, like at seven. Right. Um, because that was when he was WWE champion. He was eliminating everybody and their mom. Right. Roman Reigns at 12, where previously Kane held that record at 11. And he held that for like 10, 15 years. Right. For the women, Bianca Belair and Shayna Baszler tie at eight. Right. Now, there are 13 definite things that happen in a Royal Rumble match that make it special. These are characteristics that go across all Royal Rumbles, and you can definitely see and this. And we'll, we'll determine. Right. Quick eliminations. A competitor is eliminated within 10 seconds of entering the ring. I don't which think we saw one of those. We saw quick eliminations, not that quick. Right. Comic relief segments. Oh, we we saw, saw a bunch of those. Um, with Drew Carey's, with Kane in 2001, um, Ern, um, Ernest the Cat Miller, um, with somebody to call your mama in 2004, etc., etc. Right, we saw our the action. Yeah. The action stops. For one reason or another, the action simply stops and there's no one person left in the ring. Rikishi took this time to dance in 2000. Austin used this time to watch his watch several times. And CM Punk cut some promos in 2010. We did not see this in particular because there was always more than one person in the ring this year. 
but then obviously with Brock Lesnar last year, and then Bianca Belair last year. Post-elimination eliminations. We didn't see any of those. Yes, we did. Well, yes, we did. Did we? No, I don't think so. No, we saw um, Omos eliminating a couple of people. Yes, but he was not in there. Right. Someone who has previously been eliminated. No, we did. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, they eliminated a bunch oh, of people. Oh, that's true, yes. Yeah. So, um, yes. So, post-elimination eliminations, obviously they throw them out, but when you go over the top rope and touch the floor, you're out. Right. Boom. That's it. Attacks before entrance. Oh, we've seen this. No, yes. No, we saw attacks during entrance, but not before the right. entrance. Right. Um, before someone can make it to the ring, oh, they get attacked. So this is so this includes going down the ramp. Yes. Okay, we saw a few of those. Yes, yes, yes. Um, shock entrance. A superstar nobody was expecting to show up um, as one of the participants. I think we've had a few of those. Oh, yes. Um, like RVD in 2009 and John Cena in 2008 when he was supposed to be injured with that arm injury. Right. Nostalgia competitors. Oh, we saw plenty of those yep. too. A relic from um, from the current roster competitors, often overlapping with number six. A great example of this is Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka in 2008 at Madison Square Garden. Yep. Um, we did see a couple of those. Tag team succession. We did see this. Yeah, we saw one, I think, of those. Uh, freak, um, yeah, no, we did see a couple of them. Oh. Um, frequently, a tag team member isn't too far off of his partners during an entrance. Uh, we saw this with the New Day. Yeah. Because they were... Well... Well, they, they, were, they were synced up. It's a New Day. They're right. all a tag team. Even if one is from different, they're the same. And then also with Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler, right. to a point. Um, spawned at Feud... We saw plenty of potential. Yes. Um, it isn't, you know, obviously this is um, feuds that build up w- during the Rumble. Right. So that's what that means. A big man team up. We did see this yes, a bunch did. of times. In both the men's and the women's Rumble. Yes. Um, the house cleaner. A, win- a winner who fins out the ring. So three or four superstars eliminated. I, I would I would say we might have seen a few, but it wasn't as big this year. Right. It wasn't it, it wasn't was as dominant. Right. 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 Shockingly quick. Not necessarily the fastest elimination, but this is when someone who does not last long, who right. we thought was crazy, like Alexa Bliss tonight. Right. Um, friend or foe, an ally churning on his or her friend. We, we did saw see a couple of those. A few of those tonight. Oh yeah, um, but with the one with the most, um, a fun fact: for the longest time, it was King Mabel who was the person who took the most amount of superstars to eliminate him in the Rumble. Ah, guess who beat him? Who? Viscera. Ah, I want you to think about that. Viscera and Mabel. Oh, it's the same person. Yes. So um, those are just some cool little fun facts about the Royal Rumble since we're talking about them. And obviously, WWE is very good at doing statistics. These might be some that they don't tell you. Right. So when we come back, we're talking about the big one. We're talking about the Royal Rumble in 2021. We are back. Peanut Gallery, let's talk about the Royal Rumble, starting with the pre-show match. Hooray! Asuka and Charlotte versus Nia Nia Jax Jax and Shane Baszler. I knew this was going to happen. For the Women's Tag Team Champions, it was on the pre-show because nobody cares, and it was pretty standard. Um, There was interference at the very um, end. Yeah, with uh, Lacey Evans, Ric Flair, there was like a loaded women's right to Charlotte, which is... 
Like, does, did anybody give any kind of explanation other than Ric Flair banging Lacey on why they're attacking Charlotte? Nope, but you know that that's going to be a WrestleMania match. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yes. That actually it, might be good for Lacey's career. It, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, Charlotte can, you know, pull a match Charlotte pretty well. Charlotte doesn't need another title. No. <laughs> and as long as she's out of the title scene, I'm not going to be pissed right. off. Anyway, um, it was a leg drop to the back of Charlotte to take the pin. Yeah. And Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler are tag team champions again. So it's good that Asuka didn't take the fall. Yes. Um, um, keeping keeping her safe for now. Yep. Because um, she is still a champion. Yes, but now with the Women's Royal Rumble, I have no fucking idea who's going to face her. Right. So anyway, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg for the WWE Champion. Oh, I'm so glad this match was short. I'm so glad that Goldberg did not win this match. Yes, and I'm very glad that they started out with this match because it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was was a Goldberg match. It was pretty bad. It was 2 minutes and 20 seconds. What do you expect? And Drew McIntyre hit a claymore. Drew McIntyre tried his best to get a match out of him. Goldberg wore shorts. He looked really bad. Yeah. Um... The people who escorted him out there are people from the retirement home, and they had to put a catheter in, so um, have fun, guys. So, um, thank God it didn't pop. But yes, Drew McIntyre is still WWE champion. Which I'm lying with. Yes. And people are like, oh my God, he's still champion. Yeah, who's going to beat him right now? Drew McIntyre is on the top of his game. Anyway, Sasha Banks versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Champion. Um, The match was fine. I just don't like how they didn't do anything with it. Uh, but it was a bank statement for Sasha to retain. Yep. Um, people were like ogling over Sasha's gear for some reason. It's Louis Vuitton. Let's calm right. down. But yeah, Sasha did win. It was a fine match. Yeah. You know, Sasha Banks. It was, it was very forgettable, though. It was a right. very forgettable match. They had a much better match at the last pay per view. Yeah, they they had a much better match at TLC. Well, I think people are looking forward to the Royal Rumble. Matches. Right. It's like, it's like okay, these are these are filler matches because I mean I hate to say this, but the Royal Rumble is a one match card. Right. Let's or do the two match card. In, right. In this case nowadays. Right. Um, and then there are some matches that are very good. So, uh, Royal Rumble women's. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to list these in order, okay? Um, and then we'll obviously make some comments if we want to. Right, right. Make some comments as we go along. So, Bailey was number one. Mm-hmm. Naomi was number two. Which I'm surprised that Bailey returned. Or Naomi. Very, you, oh, you mean, you yeah, mean Naomi. Naomi. Which I'm very happy Thank with. Thank God. Um, they SmackDown needs it. Bianca Belair was number three. She was the eventual winner of this match. Thank God. Which I'm actually surprised. I'm with. so happy about her, that. Her her reaction though to winning was almost genuine. So I asked, like, do they actually let them know like they're right? Win? So like, they're 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 going to do Sasha and Bianca yeah. at WrestleMania. Thank God. That's gonna be a great match. And yeah. You know it. Um, Billy Kay was number four. That was four. our comedy relief. That was our comedy relief. But Shotzi. I was. I don't know. Well, well, she went on commentary. She went to the person giving her, like, the little resume with her picture, right. which is really funny. Um, and they did, like, something with Shotzi's little tank because yeah. they had a tank there, and that's always fun. But that, otherwise, it was forgettable. Shotzi right. Shotzi was forgettable. Uh, Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler was kind of an iron woman here. Yep, she, she was. She did very good. A little bit. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tony Storm, she was pretty forgettable yeah. in this match. Um, this one was kind of crazy. Jillian Hall yes, was Jillian, number eight. Jillian Hall. She was and, not um, in I, She was not Jillian in Hall she, and Billy Kay, they... Came into the ring together and started doing some tag team. Right, action. they they did, and it was actually kind of fun. I liked it. Uh, Jillian Hall was just not in ring shape. No, 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 no offense to her. I did kind of pop because I wasn't expecting it, um, but it was kind of funny. Uh, Ruby Riot was number nine. Okay. Victoria was number ten. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, it was fine. Um, that was she, your nostalgia act. I know. 
Uh, Peyton Royce was number 11. I love how Peyton Royce and Billy Kay tried to do the Iconics thing. But but, um, but Ruby Riot stopped it. Uh, Santana Garrett was number 12. Forgettable. Yep. Liv Morgan was number 13. Uh, Forgettable. I mean, with I mean with with um with Ruby Riot, it, it you know it kind of it kind of contributed somewhat. But right. It was fine. Yeah. It was there. Whatever. Uh, Ray Ripley was number fourteen, which was actually really good. Now she was she was also a very good powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charlotte Flair was number fifteen. Yep. So somebody lasts till the very end too. Yep. Yep. Uh, Dana Brooke was number sixteen. Pretty forgettable. Yep. Tori Wilson was number seventeen. Forgettable. Once again, very forgettable. Lacey Evans was number eighteen. They really pushed the Charlotte Flair rivalry more, yep. which I Charlotte thought was Flair, fine. Lacey Evans. Yep. Lacey yep. Evans actually lasts pretty long there. So oh yeah. I'm actually impressed. Um, Mickey James number nineteen the returned. Yep. Yeah. No, she was fine. Thought she didn't do anything bad. Nikki Cross came in. Her um, theme music is garbage, yep. and that pissed me off slightly. <laughs> um, Alicia, okay, we got to talk about so, this. So Alicia, during, so Alicia, so Alicia Fox came in number twenty-one. Our truth comes in like three seconds after, yep. thinking it's the men's Royal Rumble. Um, a bunch of other guys come out, so they clean house. Alicia Fox. This is during the Royal Rumble, by the way. Our truth was pinned by Alicia Fox. To win the 24-7 champion, yep. Alicia did some more stuff in the Rumble. She was eliminated, and then R-Truth pins her for the 24-7 champion. I liked it. Yeah. Like, I thought I thought at first was a little disrespectful, but I thought they did it in a way to where it did not well, take it did not take right. away from the match. And, and we needed a cool down. And you have to understand, too, is that they were trying to break the match up because it was right. such a long match. Right. And, I, you know, with R-Truth, R-Truth is just great. Yeah. Nice little comic relief. I not, Personally, I was not offended by it. I thought it was nice. I and wasn't it was just, offended by it either. It was super easy. At first, I thought, what, what's going on? And it's like, oh, well, that makes sense. And I'm glad it wasn't too involved. Like, it, right. it came in and it left within, like, there, there wasn't, two minutes. Right. There wasn't, like, a bunch of women, like, pinning right. Alicia Fox for the belt. And it didn't flip hands a bunch of times. It was literally Alicia Fox. Yeah, she R-Truth. did some stuff. She was eliminated. And then R-Truth pinned in, Alicia Fox. Because Alicia Fox and R-Truth have been doing a lot of stuff together, too. So right. So that makes sense. Right. Um, continue that storyline. Right. Uh, Mandy Rose is number 22. Eh, Dakota, right. Dakota Kai was number 23. Forgettable. forgettable. Carmella was number 24. Eh, kind of forgettable. Uh, Tamina was number 25. She did some stuff yeah, that I did. thought. Yeah. 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 Um, the re- the um, actions with her and Shayna Baszler. And, and Nia Jax. Um, her with Rhea Ripley where they started to fight. That yeah. was pretty fine. Um, Lana was number 26. Ooh, I, now this is where Lana got her revenge on Nia Jax. Yes, eliminating Nia Jax. So there was um, a good little, nice little storyline continuity yep. there, um, which I thought was weird. I imagine that's going to continue. Now, this one was fucking weird. Um, Alexa Bliss was number 27. So she was about to go full crazy. But before she could, this was, what, not even five minutes into her appearance. No, no, this was like two minutes in. Right. Ray Ripley and eliminates then, her. Ray Ripley it, we didn't see it. We did not see her go full crazy, but people wanted to see her go full crazy. You know that they're going to save that. <laughs> right. I thought she was going to come in later. She was my pick. Obviously, I was wrong. So, um, Ember Moon was number 28. Eh, she was there. No, she was there. Okay. Um, Nia Jax was number 29. So she was all very we, much more involved we, in it. We, we talked a lot about Nia Jax already, so, right. you know. And then Natalia was number 30. Um, she was attacked before she got in, but then she was thrown in. So Natalia did some stuff, and I think like the last three were, or the last four was Natalia, Bianca Belair, Charlotte uh, Flair, and um, uh, Ray Ripley. Yes. So, so um, and then Bianca Belair did win. This was a great rumble. It was. It was okay. 
I liked it. I liked this Rumble a lot. Bianca Blair, I think, overall was the right call. I think so, yeah. Um, I just thought it was a great call. Um, now, the, I mean, the, the one thing, people bitch about WWE not making um, talent. I think we should really focus on they're not making good male talent. They're very many great. They're female they're, they're, they're female talent. Holy crap! Who the fuck do you have on here that does not look weak? Right. You have Io Shirai, Bianca Belair, all four members of the Horsewomen, Rhea Ripley, Tony Storm, all of them. Like right. the list can go on and on, and it's like, oh my god, I could theoretically have seen Natalia, Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, or Bianca Belair win the match, right. and I would have been fine with right. it. So. Um, that's kind of why I really like this because it really showed how absolutely strong this division is. So I was very happy about that. All right, well, let's talk about the in-between match. The uh... Uh, Roman Reigns, Kevin Owens, last man standing match for the Universal Champion. I really did like this match. It was an okay match. Um, there was some creative stuff. The one thing, the one thing I'm really going to irk about was, so Roman Reigns was handcuffed. Right. He was handcuffed underneath one of the little pillar platforms where the lights and some of the stuff was. Yeah. And the the point was for Paul Heyman to come out and unlock the cuffs before that happened. Right. They had to cut away from Roman Reigns and the referee who was counting because they could not get these handcuffs off of right. Reigns. People. Like... We know what was going on, and I even said on my Twitter, by the way, you should follow me on Twitter, I am Tiger Trump, um, I was like, this was a 10 count 50 counts ago, right? because literally they were playing with these handcuffs for like an hour, right? Um, but yes, Roman Reigns did win, he retained the Universal Champion, um, great match, right. I liked it a lot, I thought it was a really nice little breakup. It was. Yes. All right, let's move on, men's. Men's Royal Rumble. We're going to do the same thing as we did last time. I just forgot to put a winner because I was too excited. So, number one was Edge. Eventual winner. Number two. Uh, he was very involved. In yes. His, obviously, in most of this match. Randy Orton was number two. So, here's the thing is that Edge and Randy Orton fought outside. Randy Orton got bruised. He went backstage. I thought, I thought, I thought he was really hurt, he, but then he came out and he, he was fine. He came back out the very end. I saw this like weird bruise going around his leg. I'm like, oh, so, that does so not look good. So Randy Orton's the last person eliminated in this match. Yes. So he, he left because he left. Back. Yes, he left because his leg started to bruise up pretty bad, and he was gone for the pretty much the most of the match. Right. Um, Sami Zayn was number three, somewhat actually fairly involved. Yeah, he was. He was. He was there for at least half the match. Uh, Mustafa Ali. Yeah. Was number four. Jeff Hardy was number five. A nothing. Um, Dolph Ziggler is Z E I G L E R Ziggler. Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler. He was so, pretty involved. Oh yeah, they were trying to push him because um Nick Nimeth was or not was it no it's Ryan, not Nick Ryan Nimeth. Ryan Nimeth was on AEW Dark yep. and I I guess they actually put a contract on the table. Please. <laughs> <laughs> um Shinsuke Nakamura was number seven. Yep. I really wish he won. He lasted pretty long though. Oh yeah. Carlito was number eight. Carlito was enormous. Yes. Good he, lord. He, he went full gender. Oh god, man. I mean, he didn't look as veiny and as, like right. his steroid. He looked like he like really pumped in some weight. He looked good. He yeah. looked really good. Um, Xavier was number nine, pretty significant in the match. Yeah. Big E was number ten. Once again, there's your um there's your tag team. Right? There's your there's your tag team very close in succinction and succinction. There succession. we go. Succession, whatever. John Morrison was number eleven, eh, kinda there. Yeah. Ricochet was number twelve, kinda there. 
Elias was number 13. Doesn't matter. Damian Priest was number 14, and he was very significant. He was very involved. He eliminated quite a few people. Oh, yeah. Um, The Miz was number 15, kind of there. Riddle was number 16, very much there, and looked very great. Yep. Very good. Uh, Daniel Bryan was number five. Yes. Daniel Bryan was number 17, definitely Final Four. Yeah. And that was your choice. Kane was number 18. He what he did, he did a lot. It was it was very it was very meticulous on what he did, but it was there. Right. And it was very thing. And Damian Priest eliminated Kane. Right. So once again, I'm looking at this, I'm like, oh, they're gonna push there Damian was a Priest. Tiny team hell no reunion. Right? And it was all well and good, but Kane is, you know, obviously fat and does not look great in the suit. King Corbin is number nineteen. He was, he, was, he was pretty involved oh, yeah. in the latter half of the match. Otis was number 20. He had a little house of fire to begin with, but then he was eliminated oh, fairly yeah. quickly. Oh, yeah, Otis. Uh, Dominic Mysterio at number 21. He did okay, and then he kind of got thrown over the yep. edge by, um, who was King, it? King Corbin eliminated King Corbin, him. That's yep. right. Bobby Lashley was number 22. Obviously extremely involved. Yes, very involved, very dominant. I'm surprised no other members of the Hurt Business were in the match, but whatever. Um, Hurricane Helms is number 23. Little comic relief guy right there. Yeah. Christian was number 24. So Christian was one of the final four. And he looked good. Yeah. He looked very good. Um, AJ Styles number 25. So almost got involved a lot. Yes, he was. He had mentioned almost had prevented AJ Styles from being eliminated a number of times. And then he eliminated a bunch of people by yeah. himself. Um, we're definitely going to be seeing a... And, um, um, so AJ Styles eventually got eliminated because... Um, it was um, Seamus, Seamus threw... Oh, that's right. Seamus yep. threw him. Initially, it was going to be towards... Almost, almost but then but he then threw he him threw away. On the other side of the ring. <laughs> um, but there was, a, there was a match teased, and I really liked it. Oh, it was Braun Strowman... No, Braun Strowman eliminated him. It was Braun Strowman right. and almost what they were teasing. I'm like, ooh, that'd be that'd cool. Be nice. um, anyway, Rey Mysterio is number 26. Yep. He looked fine. Um, Just kind of there. Sheamus number twenty seven, oh, very very much that. involved, yeah, very very dominant that latter half of the match. There. Yep, uh, Cesaro's number twenty eight. He was so we there. Had a little bit of a bar reunion. Yeah, we did, and it was very nice. Seth Rollins was number twenty nine. So returned, and he was with the final four. Very excited about that. And then number thirty was, was Braun Strowman. Strowman. So the and final, obviously very involved. Right. So the final four were Edge, Christian, um, Braun Strowman, and Seth, Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yep. We're not counting Randy Orton because Randy Orton came in after all the rest of them were eliminated. Right, because Edge eliminated well, Christian, Christian, and Braun were eliminated at the same time. Right, and then AJ Styles was hit out by Edge, and then Randy Orton came in, RKO'd him, about to eliminate no, Seth him. Seth Rollins was eliminated by Edge. Oh yes, um, Seth Rollins was dumped out, and then Randy Orton came in, RKO'd Edge, about to throw him out, but then Edge turned it around, threw him out, won the Royal right. Rumble. This was. A very good Royal Rumble. It was, it was good, yeah. I really liked it. Um, Christian was probably my most surprised entrant. Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, so we're going to do a different caveat for this. Okay. Okay, because that was the end of the show, and I thought it was very good. It was paced nicely. Really liked yeah. it. I want match of the night. I want your star rating, but I want your biggest surprise on both Royal Rumbles. Okay. Go. So match of the night was the Women's Royal Rumble. I thought it was slightly better than the Men's Royal Rumble was. Okay. Um, especially because I like the winner. Mm-hmm. The winner is someone that we haven't seen before, someone who's kind of newer, someone who kind of deserves it. Mm-hmm. Match, uh, the star rating I give is a 3 out of 5. Okay. So pretty average. You know, wasn't... 
wasn't the best. It wasn't, wasn't the, the best, worst. Wasn't the worst. It's the most surprising entry in the women's rumble. Most surprising entrance. I probably have to say I don't want to say Rhea Ripley because I kind of knew that she was, but maybe Jillian Hall. But she we have Jillian Hall and Victoria yeah. and uh, Victoria's whatever. But Jillian Hall actually was a little more involved than Victoria was. So. Right. Yeah, I'd go with Jillian Hall okay. for the women's, and then for the men's, obviously, we're going to Christian for the men's. So. Most certainly. Okay. That's, That's what I have. Right. Um, I thought the whole show was solid. Hopefully, they'll keep up this momentum for 2021, because it's the first um, WWE show for 2021, or at least pay-per-view-wise. I'm going to give the match of the night to the men's Royal Rumble. Ooh, okay. I did think that um, it was a little more of a better-paced show. And I thought that there wasn't enough silliness. Or I thought the silliness and the women's kind of took it away, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to give the mat, or um, I'm going to give the overall star rating a three as well. Thought there could have been some better stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give my surprise for the women's to Victoria. Okay. I thought not only her being there was kind of surprising, but I thought she did well. And then with the men's, I'm still going to give it to Christian. Okay. I just thought because I thought he was done, honestly. Right. But then him coming back, how he looked and how involved he was too. Yeah. So I'm going to give it to him. But I just thought I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It put a really good um, ending to January. I am very right. happy with Royal Rumble. All right. So what is going on next weekend? We are doing a very special show because... So, so um, next weekend... We are not doing the show on Sunday. We're doing it on Saturday. For obvious reasons. Yes. Um, with, with the Super Bowl, we're going to talk about pro wrestlers in football. Or, or yeah, football, or, 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 football or, or, players in pro wrestling. Right. And then pro wrestlers in football because there's an interchangeable thing there. Well, pro wrestlers usually don't move to football. It's usually the other way around. Right. Yeah. Right. For, for the most part. Yes. Obviously, for some rare exceptions. <laughs> well, I mean, if you talk about a football player who goes wrestling, then back to football. But we're going to talk about the connection between professional football and professional wrestling. Right. So, so yes. When we, so, that will be for next week. There won't be a Bibble study. There won't be a wrestling lesson. Nope. It's all going to be football. It's going to be a very short show just because of per- preparation. Obviously, you have enough fucking content for tonight. Right. So, Jesus. I know. Um, so thank you all for listening to this enormous rant of the show. If you did enjoy it, remember to leave a like, follow us on wherever you're listening, on all of your podcasting streams, share it with your friends, and uh, become a patron. Follow us on social media, and as always, be majestic.